Hey guys, welcome to Rihanna's Lens, where I interact with you about the components in the STEM field and introduce you to fascinating people who passionately inhabit the scientific and technical frontiers of our society. My name is Rihanna Malhotra and I'm absolutely elated to share this podcast with all of you. On this episode, I will be talking about genetics. September 2012, under a parking lot in the English city of Leicester, archaeologists found a mysterious skeleton with its spine oddly twisted. DNA from the bones confirms these are the mortal remains of Richard III, the King of England. His funeral then took place 530 years after he was killed in battle. What's more, most portraits show him with dark hair and eyes, but his DNA reveals Richard III likely had light hair as a child and blue eyes. Genetics can be full of surprises. DNA is the blueprint of life, the stuff that determines nearly everything about you, from how you look to whether or not you are a thrill seeker. But characteristics only take about 1.2% of your DNA. Scientists still don't know what is the remaining 98.8%. Our closest revolutionary relatives, chimpanzees, share 96% of the same DNA as us. But we also share about 60% of the same DNA with bananas. The ability to read DNA is arguably the most important technological advances of the 20th century. But in our rush to understand and manipulate DNA, Are we sowing the seeds of our own destruction? Are we unleashing a real Frankenstein's monster? Are we leaping before we look? For centuries, humans have known that we get more than our looks from our parents, but no one ever knew how. By the 1950s, Biologists knew that DNA exists and that it contains the code of life. Rosalind Franklin, a British chemist, used X-rays to magnify DNA and she made a startling discovery. She found out that DNA is actually shaped like a spiral. A year later, her photo landed on the desk of James Watson and Francis Crick who realized that they were seeing actually a double helix which helped them to work out DNA's molecular structure so what exactly is this stuff DNA stands for deoxyribonucleic acid how about we break it down a little inside every cell in your body in the nucleus you will find the genome 23 pairs of squiggly chromosomes half are from your mother and the other half are from your father and each chromosome contains a folded up spiral ladder of dna 
That ladder is made of just four molecular bases that always connect in pairs. Adenine connects to thymine and cytosine connects to guanine. And certain sequences of those letters, what we call genes, tell the cell to create certain proteins, which are the molecules responsible for every function in your body. DNA can be found in every living thing. But it's also incredibly complex and it could end up fundamentally changing our definition of life. If only we can unlock its secrets. In 1960s, before anyone fully understood how DNA operated, scientists got an idea. If they study families that share a unique genetic trait, they should be able to locate that trait on their shared chromosomes. Over the next few decades, scientists start combing through the DNA of families with inherited diseases. One example is Huntington's disease. It is a rare neurological disorder that only shows up in adults. So parents often pass it down to their children before they even know that they have it. In 1983, Researchers began working on isolating whether diseases on the genome, and they eventually discovered a gene marker for Huntington's on the chromosome 4. It means they can spot the disease before its symptoms show, so adults can know if they're putting their future children to risk. One of the many researchers rushing to isolate genetic diseases is British scientist Alec Jeffries. But in 1984, he realized something else. Certain stretch of DNA produce a pattern, rather like a barcode, that's unique to each person. All it takes is a microscopic amount of DNA from any body tissue, and scientists should be able to distinguish and identify that individual. He calls it DNA fingerprinting. And it will revolutionize the way crimes are solved. In the summer of 1986, the body of 15-year-old Dawn Ashworth was found in a wooded area in Leicestershire. She was subjected to a horrific sexual act. Three years earlier, the body of another 15-year-old murder victim Linda Mann was found just half a mile away. Do they possibly have a serial killer on the loose? Detectives gave Dr. Jeffries DNA samples recovered from both victims and he proves that their suspicions were indeed correct. It was the same man. However, to the investigator's surprise, the sample did not match the suspect they already had in custody. So the police started collecting DNA samples from over 5,000 men living in that area until they finally found a match. And Colin Pitchfork became the first person to be ever convicted based on just DNA evidence. 
DNA fingerprinting became the greatest advance in forensics since actual fingerprinting. By 1990, the use of DNA in police work exploded all across the globe. Since it was launched, America's National DNA Index of Criminals, called CODIS, has helped in more than 465,000 investigations. The chances of two unrelated people matching is 1 in 30 billion. That's almost four times the world's population. CODIS contains nearly 14 million offender DNA profiles. As of October 2019, 367 convicted people have been exonerated through DNA. Throughout the 80s, even before scientists fully understood how it worked, DNA was already proving useful for uncovering diseases and solving crimes. But to really understand DNA, in 1990s, scientists embarked on one of the most ambitious projects ever, creating a map of the human genome. It was no small feat. The human genome contains about 3.2 billion base pairs. If you stretch the DNA in one cell out, it will be 6 feet long. But all the DNA from 37 trillion cells in your body would stretch across the solar system and back again. The effort to map the genome would end up costing around $2.7 billion. But it's not really that expensive for the secret of the map of life. Americans spend at least 10 times on pizza per year. But even as some gene researchers are struggling to learn about DNA, others don't really want to wait. They decided to manipulate it. Take a gene from one living thing that has the trait you desire and insert it into the DNA of another living thing during reproduction. This technique proves especially good at boosting the efficiency of food crops. In 1994, Scientists made a backwards copy of the gene that ripened tomatoes and created new tomatoes that don't ripen too quickly. Other crops are modified to be genetically resistant to pests. They are called genetically modified organisms and now they are found everywhere. The top five countries growing GMOs in terms of crop area are the United States, Brazil, Argentina, Canada, and India. Twelve countries in Africa are now resting crops that have been modified for drought tolerance, saline tolerance, and enhanced nutrients. Estimates are that more than 75% of the food on supermarket shelves, from soda to soup to condiments, they all have some genetically altered ingredients. But as people begin to realize the extent to which their food is genetically modified, there are some concerns that rise. Concerns that suggest whether or not it is okay to add these GMOs in infant formulas. These formulas are given to babies from the first day of their lives 
and yet they contain ingredients that have never been tested before for safety. For now, there is no scientific evidence that swapping out a plant's genes makes food harmful in any way. But simply interfering with nature at such a basic level makes people nervous. Are scientists messing with forces that they don't really understand? In 2015, 23 and Me, named after the number of chromosomes, becomes the first company to sell DNA testing kits directly to consumers. DNA home kits become gift-wrapped bombshells. Some even discovered long-lost siblings through these kits. Many people excited about this new technology start uploading their genetic profiles to sites that allow you to search for relatives. It introduced another issue. Privacy. Law enforcement against agencies quickly see the potential of this new DNA development to catch more criminals. In early 2018, California homicide detectives uploaded a crime scene DNA of a suspect known as the Golden State Killer. Searching nearly 1 million profiles, they got hits on several distant relatives of their suspect. The matches were enough to lead them to a name, Joseph D'Angelo. And that April, the 70-year-old and that April, the 72-year-old former police officer was charged for the murder of 12 people. But it raises difficult questions. What if scientists discover genetic predisposition for criminal activity and the authorities decide to act on it? What if government agencies start rounding up people that have undesirable traits? Your DNA holds all its secrets about your past and your possible future. We may have opened this Pandora's box before fully understanding the consequences. And let's not forget that there still is 98.9% .9 of the genome that we still don't understand. Manipulating DNA may give us a longer, healthier and even more enriching lives but it could also launch us in a dark new era. Humanity's curiosity can take us to some dangerous places. With genetics, our endless quest to know more and to control our lives may just take us a step too far. Thank you so much for joining me on this endeavor and tuning in. This has been an interesting episode and I'm looking forward to the next one to discuss further on STEM fields. Make sure you share this pod with your friends if you enjoyed it. This podcast is now available on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Breaker and Pocket Cast. Subscribe to all listening platforms and stay tuned for more.